Hello and welcome to the Business of Data podcast. My name is Catherine King and I'll be your host. In this podcast, we chat to senior executives from a range of departments, industries and functions, all about their passions, experiences and challenges within data analytics. Let's go ahead and dive straight into today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Business of Data podcast brought to you by Corinium. This week we're talking all about the now versus the future, specifically what we need to perform and transform in the data and analytics field. To do just that, I have invited the lovely Barty Ray to join us, who is the VP and Head of Commercial Operations, Insights, Analytics and Data from Novartis. Now, a few intro facts. If you haven't met the lovely Barty before, she's been with uh, the organization since 2018. But prior to Novartis, Barty's worked within uh, Bayer Pharmaceuticals in the US. Now, if you can't find her at her work desk, you'll most likely find her enjoying uh, Bollywood choreography. Hi, Barty. How are you doing? Hello, Catherine. Nice to be here. Lovely to have you joining me today. And I mean, I absolutely love Bollywood dance. The first time I was exposed to it was during university. You do like a freshers week, you find out all the different societies. And I remember just seeing the Bollywood society just come alive. And I thought it was so wonderful. It was amazing. I mean, what do you love about it so much? Well, uh, it's a lot of fun. I, you know, I grew up as a classical dancer. And then I stopped dancing for 20 years and, you know, work and life took over. And then I rediscovered it a few years ago uh, because they actually opened a school right in town, uh, this really famous uh, Bollywood dance school. So uh, that's what I love about it. And now we took a little bit of a break during COVID. So I'm, I'm hoping we get back again. Yes, absolutely. Of course. And I, I was going to ask, is it like riding a bike where you never quite forget? But I think uh, so many years between, perhaps it was a little bit uh, uh, of a transition to get back into it, right? I think it is like riding a bike, except you're, you know, 20 years older and your <laughs> your muscles and your uh, body doesn't quite move uh, that way. But but it's a muscle. So honestly, the more you do it, the more it's it's a, a surprisingly you just get back into it and the fitter you get. Mm, I love that. Awesome. So let's dive into it then, Barty. Set the scene for me. What is it that you do within Novartis as your day job? Um, So my role, um, you know, started off uh, several years ago, over three years ago, to create um, for the U.S. organization a capability that would move insights, analytics data to be a competitive advantage and really to move it from a back office function to more of a strategic thought partner. Um, So that's, you know, that's really the the mission. And uh, it also had you know, the, we put all of the commercial operations or the sales operations with it um, because I think there's a transformation in the operational teams as well, especially as you're progressing in data and analytics. You know, it becomes very easy then to execute and implement that with the operational teams uh, because it's all, you know, data analytics ops is all connected. Absolutely. So was it a case that the business wanted to go in this direction and hired you to do it or they hired you as a function? It was something that strategically you wanted the business to move into into that direction? No, I think this role was created. Um, You know, I think the the mission and the mandate was, um, I think, was pretty universally understood. And, you know, overall, the company wanted to uh, move in the direction of of Mm. informed decision making. 
Um, so that stage was all there. And then they created this role and, you know, that's, and then, you know, I created the vision, right. And the direction and the roadmap and, and how we execute and how we get it all done. Yeah, no, the reason I ask, I assumed it was that way around, but I know there'll be listeners who are very jealous at the fact that clearly that means you've kind of got the business ready to go on this journey, as opposed to just hiring someone and saying, we know we need something going on in this area. And then you being brought in and saying, right, this is the direction we're going to go. And them still not really understanding what direction they want to go in. Whereas it seems from what you're telling me there that they knew the next step. They just needed someone to enable that to, to happen. Would you say that's been an advantage for you over the uh, last couple of years to be in a position that the business was kind of already behind you to begin with? Absolutely. I mean, you know, these kind of roles, you, you really cannot progress the agenda unless there is complete business partnership and commitment. And, and I think, you know, I'd say that the, the stage was 50-50, right? So, the, the organization knew that there were pain points and challenges, uh, but they didn't quite know exactly how to organize, what, you know, what capabilities we should build beyond the fact that, okay, we need to uplift our analytics acumen and can we, you know, can we do AI, right? Uh, which is a buzzword. Right? <laughs> so I think the strategic direction and need was definitely identified along with the commitment that we, you know, we are, we're all going to make it happen. But then what does that actually mean, right? What are the capabilities you want? What are the roles? Where do you upgrade? Where do you hire? Where do you partner with a vendor versus do it in-house? Uh, what kind of operating model should you have, right? All of those things uh, had to be figured out. And huge questions, each of those, if we're, if we're honest, that, that takes a long time to, to work through. Super. Well, I wanted to, to start there because the topic today and what we're talking about is kind of the now versus the future, which I think uh, everyone's really thinking about at the moment. Everyone I'm talking to at the moment is having this conversation of what that future looks like. I think COVID has provided a time capsule where suddenly the future needs to have a little bit of certainty to it, or rather making yourself, that as we're talking buzzwords there with AI, future-proof is another buzzword that I'm reading so much at the moment. And I did want to pick your brain a little bit about what that means to you. So I guess let's let's start with the now. We'll work with the future uh, in a moment or so. What do you think we need to do at the moment to perform now? What are the things that you think we need to be utilizing, engaging? What would you want our listeners to be doing right now to perform at the moment? So I think, you know, this whole area of data, digital transformation, right? There is a, um, you know, there's a foundation that needs to be laid um, because the ambition is there, right? The, I, I think the ambition for most companies is how can insight drive competitive advantage um, and help us transform whatever area we're talking about, right? It could be finance, marketing, um, sales, customer experience, market access, right? All of these areas, medical even. So I think everybody knows the ambition is there. Um, the, the now is you've got to, you know, have your basics are around data platforms and modernization in order, right? By now. Uh, and I think pharma was late to that. Um, I think there were a lot of uh, companies in various stages of modernization to the cloud. And it's not just putting everything in the cloud, but I think it's all, it's all of the business rules um, that are out there, right? Because this is not only for analytics, it also your operations on almost run on the data and the platforms. And that's your reporting, it's your sales ops, it's your marketing ops, it's all of your systems. 
So I think starting on that modernization journey is really step one. Um, but we also know that that modernization journey takes a long time. You know, it can take years, right? So what? how do you provide value uh, throughout the journey? And what are those pieces you can implement while the modernization is going on, which is really hard. And I think uh, a lot of business um, leaders, right, don't 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 know how the 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 um, uh, the back end works, right? So it's I think the analytics teams have to go through a lot of pain to still drive value, working in an imperfect ecosystem. But I think that's essential to kind of you know build credibility, build trust, mm-hmm. um, and then also try to. Um, change the teams to be closer to the business. So you don't have to ask the business, what's the next use cases you can anticipate? You know, what are the right use cases for analytics? Which is, again, it's a journey, right? It doesn't happen in year one or two. Uh, It's constant. Yeah, so make sure your house is in order and make sure everyone's sat around the same table in the dining room, essentially, uh, what you're saying there. And it's really interesting. It's a talking point that often comes up when when we talk about this area around the short term proof of success proof of value to keep people engaged versus that longer harder generally speaking to to go about bigger transformation or bigger project that you're working on and I know many leaders and many listeners here today will be balancing that constantly because you can get too occupied with one or the other and then obviously the the downsides of of uh of that are going to to mount up if you're constantly focusing on the short term overarching what you're going to be able to show as as something you've really transformed in the organization whereas if you're only focusing on those longer term projects you're going to struggle to keep those um, resources and and the executives engaged which you you know will need to to uh, achieve that Um, and it's interesting again I kind of want to loop back to what you were saying around the the business there kind of being bought in do you think that kind of gave you a little bit longer on the lot larger projects versus the short term, or do you still feel you had to kind of balance both? No, I think it's a constant balance, right? Uh, the good news is the momentum is there and the partnership is there. So as you're creating the teams, you know, depending on the degree of centralization for this kind of COE that you have, or is it more of a you know federated centralized structure where you still have teams embedded uh, with the business? Um, versus the degree of centralization, I think that I don't think you get away from that constant balance, no matter what the what the commitment level is in the organization. And I think the other part for now, right, which constantly is to probably have discussions on what is the um, what does success look like, right, at every stage of the of the journey, um, and maybe to take stock of you know, where we are, where we've come from, what are the challenges that still remain? Um, what do you need from the organization to make more progress? Um, because it's constant adjustment, right? This kind of thing is not a one and done um, type of journey. It's constant learning adjustment. And even the types of roles, I think, is a, is a little bit of a, a, a learn learning, right? Like, how do you uh, the operating model of vendor and in-house, that's that's one big thing. Um, the second one is how do you infuse talent, which is from outside the industry, with talent that actually understands the industry? Uh, because having one or the other uh, only, I think, is not, you know, you could have the best data scientists in the world, but if they actually don't understand the data and the context of the business that you're in, 
they will not be successful. So that's Come another thing huge challenge as well and it's something that I hadn't even considered until you two mentioned it there that actually that and I remember having a very interesting conversation with one of our global advisory board members uh, Beza Bota uh, she's been working in the in the healthcare industry for, for years and was saying the same that when you're dealing with deeply medical terms you need someone who has that medical knowledge but then also the data knowledge and how difficult that can be and I can appreciate as you mentioned there for, for pharma it's, it's exactly the same uh, yeah. uh, challenge in in that you it kind of forms into that conversation of a unicorn do many of those people exist right that have the data skill but then the industry skill what I mean you tell me are you finding it difficult to find those people to fill the team to fill the demand are you training them up what's what's your journey there um so I think there are a lot of I think there are a lot of good people out there that exist um what what I've seen is um depending on the ambition, right, of where you're trying to go, because you, um, having analytical hands-on skill set is a must-have to have any credibility in actually producing great analytics, right? So you've got to know what you're doing, but if you cannot communicate then um, and storytell the insight that you're getting from there and you're lost in all of the detailed analytics, that's another kind of recipe for failure, right? So it's kind of balancing that. I have to tell you, I think the the market is hot. The talent, um, you know, I've done a lot of hiring in the last two and a half years. Um, and it's tough to find that exact blend. Um, mm-hmm. And also, I think it's a test for leaders and how to interview also. And like, you know, will, will a 45 minute to a one hour interview actually help you gauge all of this, right? The technical skills, the hands-on skills, the knowledge of analytics, and the ability to communicate the value, or are there two different profiles that you need to have and marry them together? But I think you know having the one unicorn and all in one, I think would be would be a dream. So I yeah. think it's a mix of all kinds of of people and skills. And it's it's interesting that you mentioned the the interview, but I think it's before that even. I was chatting to a friend recently about um, quite literally the job adverts that you put up and how that's going to attract one or the other in a sense of kind of that business minded, that storyteller, that very peoply engagey person versus perhaps the more deeply technical who's going to perhaps want all of the specifications and essentialities at the start of the job advert and then the kind of script about what the day job would look like versus the other. And it's really interesting, as you say, that you're kind of merging people together in a sense of what you're looking for and uh, and that kind of unicorn concept. So uh, let, let's the one, the one lesson I'll say on on uh, talent is, I think so. We, we you know it's a no brainer that you, if you have deeply analytical experts who are amazing but they cannot communicate, that it will not add value, right? On the other, on the flip side, if you have great data storytellers but they actually don't understand the business questions and the depth of the analytics. They don't have to be coders. They don't have to be, you know, but they have to be numbers people, right? People that mm-hmm. understand uh, data analytics and insight and then can story tell. Um, so I think both having that, that balance is required because I, you know, I, th- I feel like too often we're in a trap to say, okay, we'll, we'll hire really strategic folks that can, tell a good story and that that you know will last for some time but eventually the lack of depth I think will catch up especially if you want to become a thought partner and actually recommend actions right to the brand teams or whoever you're working with 
then you've got to be really confident in what you're saying. Yeah, um, because it goes both ways, right? Because if you're talking to the business, the business is then going to talk back to you and it's your job to kind of bridge that gap. And a term that I've heard recently, which I really, really like, and I know it's called different things in different organizations, is kind of this data journalist role, which I thought was a really fabulous way of, of thinking about it and really kind of creating that content, creating that story from both sides and being able to write it in a pleasing way or communicate it in a pleasing way. Um, and whether that in itself is, an, is a complete role where you you dot between the, the business and, and the analytics team and you kind of form that bridge essentially actually, uh, rather than both sides doing it. Uh, certainly, certainly, I don't know if you've got any thoughts there, Barty. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a fan of middle roles, right? To, to me, if you have to have people to bridge between business and the analytics teams, there's, there's yet another layer mm -hmm. uh, in the middle. And so I think to me, it's, you know, you're either in the business or you're in insights and analytics, and then there are different flavors of individuals within those teams, right? And some may be um, more uh, technically savvy, some may be more strategic, and that's okay, right? Those layers mm -hmm. are, are, or those shades are fine, and you have to work together, I think, to then um, ultimately, because if you're only a translator, then you're not the strategic thought partner. Mm -hmm. So you've got to own the content um, is, is what I feel. Um, but yes, I think there are shades of all this needed, right? The question yeah. is like, how do you put it all together? <laughs> Amazing. So when it comes to what leaders are doing right now, before we kind of turn to, turn to the future, is there anything being left on the table that you see from your peers? I know you you regularly join us at our Corinium events, both in person and, and virtual. Is there anything that you look around the market and you think, gosh, I wish they'd do more of this or give more attention towards? Uh, are you seeing anything currently in the market? Um, I think that, you know, with the whole um, chief data analytics officer type role, right? Um, I've seen, because I've also, by the way, tried to interact over the, over the last few years of folks in other industries outside pharma. And I, you know, they come in different flavors, right? There are certain CDO conferences that I've been at where they are such technical topics, right? And then there are certain conferences where it's all about the business of data, right? Like this one. And so I think even this role and what it is, and whether it's it, you know, where it kind of stands, that is in, I think, an open question that needs to be, you know, we have to evolve that question. Because um, I don't know if you're going to find the two in one. You, you probably, I mean, this role needs to do both. It needs to have focus on the, you know, the defensive metrics and the offensive metrics, right? The defensive ones are. Is your data organized? Is it, uh, you know, the quality checks are there? Um, are we, is the speed to data integration there? And the offensive ones are more of the business focused metrics. And I think this role to me has value when um, you're able to add, you know, add value to the business, right? Yeah. So that's, I think one, one thing, because I, I feel like we are uh, schizophrenic in that, in that way. And we, I don't think we've made up our mind on what this role even means and what it stands for and what, consistently right across the industry like like there is no doubt on what a cfo role means or a head of hr right or or even a head of sales 
But with this role, um, because it's new, the last, I would say, maybe 10 years, right? Not 20, 30, 40 years. Um, we're still learning that. And our organizations are still learning that, right? Mm -hmm. So so then I would say from a growth path and a career perspective, I think organizations then need to be more uh, aware of how do, you know, how does this talent in data digital need to grow? What does that growth path look like? Because typically, um, you know, the, the folks um, in leadership positions have grown up in maybe sales or marketing or R&D, depending on, on the company that you're in. Uh, and unless you're in a tech company, not data digital talent, right? So I think as an industry, if we truly want to, uh, in healthcare, move the needle in digital transformation, we've really got to be mindful about the development and the growth paths of, of these kinds of folks. Are you wanting to meet with other senior executives in the data and analytics space? In an environment that is created for connection and inspiration? Then why not join one of our in-person conferences? We have events all over the world, and you can find out the ones closest to you by visiting careniumintelligence.com slash events. Yeah, and I mean, that, that nicely moves us into the latter part of the conversation I wanted to have here today, Barty, which is about the future. And it's interesting that you say kind of the evolution of this role and what it means. And it's so funny, you should say that, you know, I think if we were to poll everybody listening to this podcast right now and say, what does a CDAO do, we would get a hundred a thousand different answers right yes. uh because it, it and, you, and in, in some ways I think that's good because it means that we're not doing a cookie cutter approach in every organization and that they're adapting to what their company needs and does so there is a kind of positive to that but as you say there's then no benchmark either to, right. to kind of uh you know kind of and you can add uh, if you want to add more confusion to that question you can add chief digital officer there as well mm -hmm. um right because is that in some companies, digital is um, is IT. In some, it's completely separate group. In some, it's combined with data. In some, it's more digital marketing or digital customer experience related. So I think just the whole data and digital um, titles mm -hmm. and roles, right? And what, what they mean, where they sit, how do they add value is uh, definitely uh, something that's going to take a few years to figure out. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I was, I can't remember which thought leader it was now, but someone, um, you know, told me, he said, Catherine, you're probably too young to remember the chief internet officer. And that was a role, that was a thing. And you think, gosh, yeah, because you just take it for granted, right? Um, but when it was coming into organizations and they were starting to use uh, the World Wide Web, they needed someone to, to look after that. And now it's the taken for granted. And you do have to wonder about the evolution of these roles and the take a, taken for granted roles. And as you say, digital positions itself in a very unique position in many organizations and I know uh, Hartnell Nudungi from uh, Kenya Absa Bank um, he he proposed during the business of data festival that we had earlier this year that the digital role is going to be part of the data role and it's all going to kind of be molded together into this super role so it's certainly a, a thought I've heard before and I, I think it, you're quite right I think it could potentially start quite a debate for many people as to where it's going to go and I mean for for you when you think of the future of data analytics and, and the industry that you are within and, and kind of what you hear uh, from your fellow peers, what do you think that future is going to look like and what do you think it's going to require to be successful in that future? Um, so I will, you know, maybe I'll comment on healthcare in general, not just pharma and life sciences specifically. I think broader healthcare um, the phases of, of this, right, of digital data 
I think they started a bit tactically in healthcare. And if I look really broadly, it was all about the EM, EMRs um, in, in the early days. And then it became more business process centric, right? How can I simplify or make a process more efficient, whether it's um, uh, automating like prescription writing or a, um, you know, getting on, on the medication, the paperwork. Um, and, and now I feel like, the, again, the ambition is there um, to really use analytics to drive at the end, I would say patient care, care delivery, um, you know, and make an impact on whether it's early diagnosis or whether it is, um, you know, finding the right, um, right doctor, whether it is getting on the right medicine, right, whatever value I think the patient needs, and even outside healthcare, right, looking at patients as consumers and people. And um, I just, even from my personal experience, you know, I, I actually, um, um, you know, don't like to take medicines, right? So um, so I'm always looking at what's the more natural way to heal. Um, mm -hmm. And obviously I'm talking about not chronic conditions. I'm talking about like a headache or a whatever, right? A stomachache or something like, how can I, how can I use diet? How can I use nutrition first? Yeah. So I think just a holistic view, I would say, across all of the types of industries within the healthcare ecosystem, and how can you use the power of analytics to help that is yeah. where I, you know, what is exciting. And it's not easy. It's not easy, right? We tend to get, and I think there are a few tensions on why it's not easy. One, I think, depending on the company you're in, there's always the tension of, you know, short-term versus long-term, right? Because some of, because data digital requires investment. It's not a, you know, you hire five smart people and suddenly you've moved the whole organization. <laughs> I wish it was that easy, right? It requires a lot of infrastructure investment. Um, so I think there's a tension there. Then I think there's a tension on um, what do companies want to be known for, right? Do you want to focus on like that particular um, niche that you're in, or do you want to think of healthcare in broader terms? And healthcare is all connected. It cannot just be about the payer. It cannot just be about the pharma company selling a medicine or just about the hospital. It's all for the patient. It's all connected, right? Yeah. From the doctor's office to the hospital, to the lab tests you need, to the medication you need to get on. And I think we, we see it in silos. So I would love, I mean, this is, this, I guess goes beyond analytics, but I'd love for us as an industry to look at that whole continuum of care from mm -hmm. whatever angle we are able to influence it. And I, I think that will be exciting for most of us that join healthcare is how do you impact patient care better? Yeah, absolutely. And I think what's really interesting is, is you mentioned there about kind of the more preventative type um, healthcare. And I think it's certainly been such, such a revolution in this space in the sense of if we think about the explosion of Internet of Things and being able to track our steps and being able to do all of this health related data that we can kind of take control a little bit of our own uh, our own well-being and then how does that then link into your health partner your insurance and and all of the rest that can actually help you be a healthier person which is what everyone wants right you, you don't want to be taking medicine you don't want to be in the doctor's office and and how we can all come together to do that and uh, I appreciate we're coming towards the end of, of the episode here Barty so I don't have time to go too much on an ethical rant but then I think that's going to be 
the next step of interest as to how we then deal with that next step, <clears throat> which is going to require consent. It's going to require a lot of personal data in the world. Who has that? How they use that? And I think that's going to be a, a incredibly interesting time for, for all of our leaders. Yeah, and I think we have that responsibility in healthcare, honestly, to use the data responsibly, because I think we've all been there where we've got, you know, you're searching for something and suddenly you start seeing uh, ads and, you know, all, all your everything, email, everywhere you're seeing things that, you know, um, so we've all been there. And obviously that's the future, you know, that's all personalized marketing. But I think we do have a responsibility, uh, particularly in healthcare, to deal with it in sensitive ways and not not use it as, you know, as a patient or as an individual yourself would not want to. So there's a balance. That's another complicated topic that uh, that's an ongoing journey to learn. I, and also for um, data analytics teams, the commercial teams, as well as the compliance uh, and legal teams to figure that out on where the line, the boundary needs to be and set, set that. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, I know that the ruling school of thought on this at the moment is just because you can doesn't mean you should. But I think as and when we, we move to the future, there will be more things set in stone so that that isn't as subjective, because uh, as you know, for, for many, not so much maybe your industry, because obviously you have very you know long term regulations that are already there. But I think for some industries who perhaps aren't as regulated, that that is a far more subjective question of just because you can doesn't mean you should uh so certainly certainly an uh, area perhaps uh, i'll have you back on Barty. we can explore that yeah. um, and i think you know in our industry the pro uh, proliferation of data providers that can piece together a patient journey end to end there are so many people that can now do that right and they build platforms to do that so it really gives you a longitudinal view now marry that with uh, you know consumer data and and there's no shortage of data that you can buy at this point right the question is, what do you want to integrate and how do you want to use it? And, yeah. and I do think that roles like mine also have that responsibility. On one hand, it's, you know, how do we democratize all this data and, and get, get the insights that we want from it? On the other hand, it's what should we not democratize, right? And what should we not use? Yeah. And that is important. Yeah, absolutely. So the final question that I ask on every single uh, podcast party is, as our wonderful listeners today go about their day and, and finish this episode, what do you want them to be thinking about as they uh, press pause on us today? Um, related to the business of data or anything else, anything in the world? <laughs> you can do something from the discussion we've had, or if you're feeling inspired by something else in the world, I'm sure you can uh, uh. I, you know, <clears throat> maybe a little bit of inspiration, right? I think this space is so exciting. Uh, the whole digital health space, data analytics, AI, um, it is so exciting. I think all of the practitioners in it have, you know, this, this is your time, right? This, we, these topics were not on the CEO agenda um, even four years ago, right? Um, it, depending on the industry that you're in. So I can't speak for all industries, but First, I think enjoy the time. Second, I think there's a lot of uh, complexity and unknowns to chart forward, which I think is also exciting because you're creating your own course and you're able to, um, you know, see how you, how you want it done. And three, I would say have fun and keep perspective, uh, right? And be inspired. And there's no dearth of inspiration, by the way, on, on AI and analytics and, and insights around us. So 
you know, keep keep the inspiration uh, going and um, uh, and, you know, sometimes lift your head up and uh, look what's what's going on around you. There's just tons to learn from. Bharti, it's always a pleasure. Uh, love speaking to you and uh, we'll catch up very soon. Thank you so much. Thanks, Catherine. We hope you enjoyed that podcast episode. Do be sure to subscribe and follow the Business of Data podcast wherever you're currently listening to ensure you're always first in line to the latest episode. We'd also appreciate your review as well. So if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving us a review. And as always, find us on socials as well as heading over to the Business of Data platform for more forms of great content, including articles, blogs, and video. Until next time, stay safe, stay well, and we'll see you real soon.